It is. It's the only attitude I've ever had. That's yeah. correct. All right. What are we doing? Trading? Yeah, let's trade some words, bro. All right. <laughs> it's on, dude. That's good. Yeah, trading words. Let's throw words here, mate. It's going into vocab. Word trading? <laughs> Yourself? We're not too trading words, you know? Well, that's, you know, there's people that have made a career out of doing what we're doing right now, and that's essentially what they trade in, it's just words. Mm. I'm Kent. It's legit. Yeah. Um, all right, mate. I fill it out every time at the airport now. That's my occupation. Word trader. <laughs> what do you... I don't know what's ever to put for that. Which is like... I've know. experimented. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got no results that I can share with you because nothing's ever happened. But I've definitely written down occupations I didn't have. So, okay. <clears throat> Riddle me this. What I've noticed <laughs> of late is that... So, you know, I was... I went... I, Flew internationally in February when I went to New Zealand, mm-hmm. and then coming back, having to fill in the incoming passenger declaration or whatever you have to do for customs. I've you know gone through the effort of filling all this in, occupation included, and all the weird shit that they ask you. But then you get there and you just scan your passport, and then you just answer like one question on that electronic screen. Mm-hmm. You know how you can veto going to the yeah but they always collect it like yeah i think because they i don't know my memory i was february the year before was the last international flight and i'm pretty sure you do that you do the electronic passport thing two questions just to make sure you're not like a a real worry (laughs) (laughs) they'll let you go and get your bags but then when you go to put your bags through the machine and make your declaration i think they take it then and in fact, they take both of your tickets then. So they check whether you've been being consistent in your answers. Oh, yeah, you're right. They do too, don't mm. they? And so is someone's job just to sift through all of those declaration forms? Is that a word trader? Someone who's literally reading the one word that is on that form 20,000 times a day? Nah, because... Just checking. Just he, checking that no one's written anything like really inflammatory or dangerous. But surely people that are <laughs> yeah. dangerous certainly aren't indicating. Yeah, they're just right. Student. And they're like, ah, yeah, all right, I do have guns in my bag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am smuggling contraband, so I guess. Yeah. Fine, you got me, you gave me a form that had the question on it. I'll own up now. <laughs> you ever watch that banged up abroad show? Oh, snippets here and Mate, there. Mate, that is, that, is that is prime television. I love that show. I very rarely watch it, but it's one of those shows that when it comes on, you're just like, yes, this, I forgot about this. This is so good. And it's people that have just found themselves. It's idiots, man. It's generally speaking, like you sympathise because some people get into bad situations organically or they're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Most of the people are just fucking imbeciles and they're just like, yeah, I, I got in a relationship with this guy and it was really, you know, I just had no idea. He caught me at a moment in my life where I was just feeling really down and this guy just came out of nowhere and romanced me and it was whirlwind. And then one day he said, I'm going to fucking Reunion Island, come with me. And a week later he says, oh, actually I've got to stay back for work, but you still go, have a great holiday, have a great time. Do you mind wearing these shoes whilst you go there? Are you serious? And I just didn't think about it. I was like, of course, what a nice gift. This pair of shoes. You see a picture of the shoes. There's a fucking like two inch sole on it. It's the most crude, ridiculous thing. And she's like, so, you know, I got through security at 
in, in Australia or America or wherever and it was all fine and I was sitting on the flight and I enjoyed myself. I had a few drinks and oh, I had a laugh with one of the hostesses and then got there and then started thinking, oh, th that man's watching me pretty closely as I walk through the double-sided mirrors and whatever. So you hear these stories about people who walk, it's literally the same consistent narrative every single time, which is a fucking imbecile. Maybe this is really unfair, but someone, either an imbecile or someone exceptionally vulnerable, got taken advantage of. <laughs> what, shouted a holiday like two weeks after you know someone? Nothing yeah. fishy going on there. Let alone when he that backs out, it says, no, nah, no, nah, you go, but also take this and someone will come grab it off you at the other end. I just yeah, didn't think it, I shoes, thought he had some just, friends there. Just for you to wear for the flight. <laughs> yeah. Don't expect that you're keeping them. I know they weigh six kilos, but that's comfortable. It's good for your ankles. Trust me, I'm also a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and then, But basically, these people have these crazy stories about ending up in foreign prisons for like 10, 15, like decades. And then Mate. finally getting out and coming home and somehow restoring a normal life or as is displayed. Who knows what <laughs> bloody trauma they're dealing with. That's just so gnarly. It's so gnarly. I know a few people that have been in situations where they've been arrested and taken to prisons overseas. Really? But You've got several people you know who that's happened yeah, to. Yeah, like a few. And mo mostly in Central America. And they've just been in situations where... Um, They've just had to bribe their way out of there. Wow. Yeah. But it's just crazy how, I don't know, being around or being in places where you know that the police force is just so corrupt. Yep. And that there's no like you, fair judicial process that occurs at any stage of the thing. Yeah. You know, what? you know how it should work. <laughs> you know how it mostly works where you come from. <laughs> you have an expectation of what it is. Yeah. You know, like... You can, you can be walking through the town, not doing anything, not doing anything illegal, just, in, you know, checking out a few sites, maybe grabbing a bite of lunch in a restaurant or somewhere, and you're like, I'm not doing anything. Just, I'm not doing, I'm just carrying just about my life pretty innocuously right Just now. lamping. And yeah, here, I know that I'm not going to be arrested for that, <laughs> but there are places where you go, dunno. Yeah. Dunno. I don't, at any moment I can be asked to produce a few hundred dollars to try and get myself out of a situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's not cool. I've been arrested in Japan. Far out. Um, and then in Peru. Holy shit, man. So one morning I woke up in Peru covered in blood. <laughs> oh my God. Where are you going with me? Covered in blood. Fuck. I remember, you not, well, no, I didn't have any injuries, but I woke up. All my, I woke up in the previous night's clothing, obviously, and everything's covered in blood. <laughs> the bed's full of all of the shit that's rubbed off my clothes. And I look over at Sam and I was like, dude, what the fuck happened last night? Because I and scraped together the recollection. I'd come out of a club really, really pissed, obviously, mm. seeing a guy get beaten the shit out of across the plaza in a South American town in Peru. And then this guy's just, it's like five guys on one. This guy is getting just savagely the living shit beaten out of him. And then he ends up just lying in a heap across the plaza. It's like three in the morning. So shit. the people in that plaza are me and that guy. And so I went over there to have a look at him and he was in such a bad way. And so I started like trying to, holy shit, what can I do? Put you in the recovery position, try and like, oh, whatever, reacting to it. And then... I, all I have is this memory of like hands under 
both of my shoulders just pulling me off, pulling me off. I came out and I was like looking at like, who the fuck, what the fuck? And it was a bunch of Peruvian guys. And then people started trickling out of the club and I saw Sammy and a few of the other guys we were with. Um, but these people were basically saying, get the fuck out of here. Go, go, go. Because look at you. Like now you're covered in blood. No one knows who's done this. The police are going to get here any second and just go, hey, gringo, come with us. And yeah. then next minute, wow, maybe I, maybe I need to retract my, maybe next you know, I was about to say I need to retract my classification of everyone I've banged up as, abroad as an imbecile. But maybe <laughs> I was an imbecile in that situation for being off well... my face. It's not for helping. Like, I don't regret that, but as far as just being off your face in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, yeah, being in a phone place. It was avoidable in that sense. Being drunk and going, there's a guy that's just been assaulted. I'll go and get some of the evidence on me. <laughs> mm. That wasn't the thought process that yeah. I was carrying. Yeah. No, but, oh, mate, that's, wow. But it was that exact you situation. You fucking pretty serious. Tell me about blue, it, man. Yeah. And uh, by all accounts, I was resisting that. I was really upset about being like, the center of attention at that moment and being like, look at this fucking guy. Like, why is no one else panicking about the state of this human being? <laughs> but it was out, of, it was in really in my best interest. Like that was everyone in the town just being really nice. I was in a town that wasn't that frequented because we were doing volunteer work. So the people the like the gringos that are there are there sort of long-term. Um, so yeah. everyone's they knew like, you were a fresh face. Well, they knew that you're there with reasonable intentions and stuff. You're not yeah. there just like milking a community for novelty or anything. Yeah. So basically they were all looking out for me. They were like, holy shit. Dude. This, this guy's about like got his fucking life flashing before him. He doesn't even realize. So you didn't get arrested. Didn't get arrested. Didn't see any police. Okay. I just, just got in a cab and went. Yeah. Right. And what about in Japan? Oh, that was a silly, that was a really silly one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry guys, if you're listening, you just tuned in to Banged Up Abroad, the podcast. <laughs> yeah, where Rose calls everybody bizarre and then proceeds to explain getting banged up abroad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here you go. Okay, um, what did you do? So again, I was just out absolutely fucking off my, <laughs> okay, off my face. Thing. So by you yeah. basically... I've learned some lessons people. about alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Internationally. Um, is, I was in Japan with three other guys and we were all reasonably pissed. We were about a few Aussie <laughs> girls. They were reasonably pissed too. We were hanging out outside this train station. Reasonably. There was nothing reasonable about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it feels reasonable because it costs like $15 to have the equivalent of like a $100 night anywhere outside Australia. So it felt reasonable, but obviously you're fucking buckled. <laughs> the, yeah. Um, <laughs> so then this bunch of Japanese guys came over. There was music going. We were just like, I don't know, having this weird little mini rave outside a train station. They were like, let's go karaoke. Sure. Karaoke. karaoke. And so we found a karaoke bar and then got in this karaoke bar. Had no idea what was going on, whereas you look at it through sober eyes and you just realise straight away this is as implausible deniability as when you got fleeced at the bus stop by that soldier. Oh, the fucking soldier. <laughs> Uh, this is pretty obvious, but we got in this karaoke booth, which aren't cheap, but you don't pay a cent up front. They're just like, get in there, have fun. Do you want any drinks? Yeah, we'll get you two drinks each. Yeah, blah, blah, you blah. always pay after. God, it's dangerous. Yeah, well, oh. it's especially dangerous when you, when you don't know that and you're super blind and there's a bunch of locals taking advantage of you. Because yeah. these Japanese guys got in there as well. They're like, yeah, what song do you want to play? Blah, blah. Meanwhile, there's a guy at the door going, we'll have two of these, we'll have two of these, we'll have two of these. Blah, blah. It's just like <laughs> racking up. 
they all do shots. We're all having a wild time singing and just screaming at the screen. <laughs> Next minute, these guys have just vanished and there's like 40 glasses there. <laughs> and we're just like, shit, what do we do? None of us can afford this. <laughs> so we resolved that the best thing to do would be to pull a runner. Yes. <laughs> Which is a bad thing to do. I don't feel proud of it but no, also like i was fucking 19 and so broke had like a to the yeah. dollar budget for this trip yeah that 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 was costing you like four days yeah said, if you were trying to yeah, yeah absolutely that was a whole trip's worth of just rice anyway <laughs> yeah so to get in this place it was on the first floor of a building and there was only there was only an up escalator going in there wasn't a down escalator oh yeah there was there was only one way in and basically to get out is to make sure people, people didn't do what we did. Because <laughs> basically- I'd thought about it before. Yeah, so we planned for this. So four, there were four of us, two of these girls, two of the boys were obviously getting pretty interested in the girls. So we were like, okay, you guys go first because you're going to be the liabilities and basically go one by one, just out for a cigarette or go to the bathroom or whatever. And just, it was just me and the other guy. And we were like, right. So it's up to us to like actually bowl. And so- <laughs> We, <laughs> the guy comes in and he's like, where's like, are you going to pay your bill or not? Like, where's everyone <laughs> gone? He gave me the option. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> he's noticed that there was 18 people in the room and now there's just two. <laughs> and so, yeah, something fishy's going on. So we were on. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just going to go to the bathroom and then um, everyone else is bad. So we'll pay the bill and blah, blah, And so we went <laughs> to the toilet. The bathroom. You know, I just remember standing there at the urinal looking at my mother going like, what the fuck? we gonna do everyone's gone now it's literally up to us <laughs> and so we're, later, <laughs> so we're like okay um you you gonna, you go the fire escape i'm gonna have to just go up to the desk and then just run down the up escalator as soon as there's a window <laughs> which is exactly what happened and i crashed down this escalator, got outside, <laughs> saw the mate that I was in the toilet with, and he's outside. I was like, yes, you found it, sweet. No sign of one of the boys and the other girl. And then there's a guy, talk, one of the other boys, talking to one of the, like the um, valet people out the front, just like having a yarn. And I was like, bruh, let's <laughs> go. go. What are you doing? We gotta go. And so we all just bailed and then people just come pouring out of the building after us, like behind us, all fucking white sleeves and red vests and black pants just fucking running Jay-Z. after us. Yeah. So there's this group of like by this stage five of us and we're not sure where the others are. And four of us, sorry. And then we all get away. We all make like a crazy zigzag through the city. It was in Hiroshima. And we're, we're like a couple of blocks from our hostel and we're clear. We're just like, yes. Now, where is so-and-so and so-and-so? We can't get onto them on the phone. They're nowhere to be seen. We know that they were behind us at one point. So we're basically looking back in the direction they think, we think they could be coming from and just hoping that we don't just see the uniforms come over instead. So anyway, we finally see one of them and we're just like, yes, come on, come on, like run. And they're just walking. And we're just like, what are you doing? Come on, come on. And my mate's just like, nah, we're done, we're done. And sure enough, like over the crest of this hill comes this army of people that have come out. They've got the girl that was with my mate around one arm around, uh, like both arms covered, marching towards us. So we were just like, oh, we've got to go. 
we sent him back and we just legged it and went back to our hostel thinking, shit, hopefully old mate takes the rap for all of us and we can figure this out in the morning. Within 20 minutes, there's two police cars outside the hostel. Oh, and no. so we saw the lights out the window and like, fuck, we, we've got a few more nights here. Like we don't want to get kicked out of this place. So we just- <laughs> That's went, not your issue right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We just didn't, so, want to, didn't want to draw attention to the fact that there were police cars coming to retrieve their visitors. So we ran outside um, and then the police are busy trying to like bundle us into the car. And some guys on the street and comes over and intervenes because we were all sort of resisting like, no, 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 can we just talk about it here? Well, come on, man. Like, <laughs> and this guy comes over and he's like, what's going on? And then says some Japanese to one of the police officers who then stops and is like, I'm a translator, what's going on here? And so my mate's in the car. That's fucking lucky you had a translator on this thing. Dude, one of the other boys is in the car. And so then I said to this guy, it's like, we had a misunderstanding with uh, this karaoke place. Everyone thought each other paid and so no one paid and we sort of accidentally left without paying. And the guy's like, oh, oh, okay. And says that to the police officer and the police officer is just like, nah, nah. <laughs> Sorry, that's not how they told it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so I'm looking at the translator because he's looking at me like, well, <laughs> the, the officer of the law here seems to disagree. So this guy's trading words between you. Trading and words, bro. Words that I didn't know. And so I was like, I don't know. We're going to have to go and like resolve this. But it was an honest thing. Um, whatever. And so the guy ended up getting in the police car with us and came back to the karaoke place where my mate and this fucking girl are still holed up. And um, got in a room and then the room was like literally lined with people. There's two people at a desk and we were all just standing there. It was like a, it was like a scene in Banged Up Abroad. <laughs> and then oh we, we gave that story to like the manager or whatever. And everyone's like looking at each other like, are we serious right now? Are we actually listening to this? We saw them running down the up escalator. <laughs> what are you talking about? And the translator is like making a full on Atticus Finch like proclamation on our behalf oh my and God. like really coming into bat for us. And so then the agreement was that, okay, you can pay the bill and leave and you're never coming back here. And we were like, yeah, that's, that's fair. We agree. Let's do so it. So you did have to pay the whole So thing. we had to pay the whole thing. Um, which so you was did a, get fleeced, did you? We did get fleeced, but we didn't get fleeced as hard as we probably deserved to after that situation. Fuck. Yeah, not good. Not good. That's so... But also hilarious. <laughs> it's a fun memory. <laughs> oh, yeah, Terry, you've got a glow in your eyes, man. I haven't really thought about it in a really long time, and then I was busy paying out people who have been, been on that show, and then thinking, how, do you, how would you get into trouble if you were travelling? How you stupid do you run, have to be? You tried to do a karaoke run. You, did you even have drinks at karaoke or no? Just the... We would have had a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, that's really It was about crazy. a 10-minute turnaround with those guys who came in ordered up and then vanished. I mean, such a good move, dude. I don't argue with that. Yeah, it's smart. So good. Because like at the time, pretty harmless and you can walk away, just be like, look, man, that's how we roll here in Japan. And you just contributed yeah. to our local Welcome social economy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here's a new cultural experience that you didn't read about. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, now rolls. To turn our attention to a uh, to another matter. I want you to fill me in on uh, what you've been up to the last few weeks and uh, <clears throat> how your experience has been. Um, I've been up at Stockton Beach. 
Just north of Newry, is that right? North of Newry. Yeah. Um, picking up rubbish. And by yourself? Yeah. And you picked up how many kilos? So far, 600 kilograms. 600? Yep. It's estimating off. I got a bunch of old sacks from Toby's and I only have an approximation to go off from what I can remember a weight, a 20 kilo weight plate felt like in the gym in one hand. It's basically, that's, that's my metric. And I'm thinking, I'm averaging that each sack weighs about 25 kilos because some of them are a bit lighter than that. And then some of them I can't lift with one arm. Yeah, right. Fuck. What kind of rubbish have you been finding? All sorts. Um, mainly it's just like, it's just camping waste really. And, anyways, right. But there's like a there's lot a lot of, of ro- super l- amount of rogue shit out there as well, but it's mainly camping waste. No, not that. I mean, food waste gets scavenged by the ecosystem pretty quickly out but there. Like, sorry, like food packaging waste. Yeah, yeah, absolutely packaging, um, camping gear, like just everyday things like lot like lighters and bottles and all that sort of stuff that you expect. But then like I found a toilet seat, I found an army man. Um, a toilet seat yeah just just a toilet seat i found a bottle that i actually brought back i'd like kept it because it it's, looks like an old bottle it's got if the formatting in the uh, of like all the type face and the logo and everything it looks like it's come from like the 90s at some point it looks yeah. old and it's faded and it's brittle like stuff gets so brittle yeah and it's like it literally says chemical toilet disinfectant blah 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 it's literally like a bottle of heavy chemicals that someone's like brought out into the sand dunes or potentially has washed into the bite. And you're estimating it could be more than 20 years old. I think so. That's insane. Yeah. And what kind of area did you cover? Um, basically Stockton's a 35 kilometer beach from Stockton just across the harbor from Newcastle up to Anna Bay. Yeah. And it's roughly, I'd say like, 800 meters deep minimum yeah, as an right. average. So almost, almost 35 square kilometers yeah, right. up the beach. So it's a, it's a massive dune system. Yeah. Um, and it only recently, like this year, got regulated properly insofar as designated camping, designated four-wheel driving, and then restricted access. Like, like the beach got zoned yeah yeah so prior prior to this it's my understanding that it was a total free-for-all where you could just go for broke through the dunes in your reckless four-wheel drive and have a blast yeah um and now there's a specific recreational vehicle zone at the southern part of the beach um and it's it's reasonable it's like a massive amount of terrain you go out there there's no one around it's not like there's a shortage of shit shit to drive over Yeah. yeah Um, and in that zone is a designated campsite where it's $33 a night. You have to bring in your own toilet, a portable toilet, and you need to have a Stockton beach pass and the beach pass is $88 for a year. So it's all like, they're all expenses that have, they're at, they're reasonably significant and they've come out of absolutely nowhere where you used to just be able to drive on, drive off, camp anywhere. Right. Yeah. But that's why the place is just filthy. It's just absolutely, and so it's sort of because there been, there's just been no amenities there to deal with it. Well, no one, people have just yeah, basically, because it hasn't been regulated. That I mean, how on earth do you regulate a 35 square kilometer dune system with yeah. like bins in the right places or toilets yeah. in the right places? Like well, it's too big. I guess that's what they're trying to do now. They're trying to yeah, <clears throat> I guess yeah, move people into one 
site so it's easier. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I went up there like six weeks ago um, and just because I was in Newey and I'd never really driven it and I'd heard a lot about it. So I was like, I want to go check out the, the RV zone and have a drive in the dunes. And it was just like, so I couldn't believe how much rubbish was there. It was really like quite arresting. Yeah. And it really, it really messes with me, those situations, because you want to start like picking some of it up, but you can't just pick some of it up. Like you, yeah. it's almost like an all or nothing thing. It's really hard because you know that if you start, you might not stop for hours and hours and it'll just never get done. So at that point, I was just like, I need to get, just leave immediately. I just don't want to think yeah. about this. I just yeah. left. Um, and then just realized like that's representative of a lot of different places that are four wheel drive access only or just remote and not very well regulated or not very well, um, just like people just betray the regulations that might be there and just, just because there's a kind of, <clears throat> sorry, a sense that no one's really watching. Like, yeah. It's yeah. just kind of, there's no. Which is sadly accurate because for the same reason you can't put amenities everywhere, you can't police it, a massive Yeah, mostly thing that's uninhabited continent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So people just assume it'll be right. But, and I'd say that like nine out of 10 people are respectful and they go in and it's be, the reason they go in there is because they love the place. They're like, this is magic in here. Look at this environment around me. It's beautiful, whatever. Um, and so generally speaking, I'd say that if you've got that predisposition, you're probably not just going to trash the joint when you leave, but it only takes like one person to ruin it. Yeah. But I think now because of the new regulation, I think it's just probably less busy than it used to be. I think less people are going there, but it's just made the trash all the more obvious. Yeah. Far out, mate. So, I mean, like, what do you think's the the way to go forward then in terms of addressing these places that because i think one thing that i really found interesting that you mentioned about it before you headed up there was that <clears throat> there's you know i've seen a little bit of a a movement building now about like these cleanup projects on beaches mm. you know and, and it's an easy thing to gather quite a bit of social media traction but you made the point to me a few weeks ago that it's only at the big name or it seems to be only at the big name, yeah. sort of beaches like Bondo or Manly or whatever it is, where these things are attracting a bit of momentum. Yeah. But the, those are beaches that are relatively clean anyway. They are, and um, it makes sense though, because generally those events are being put on by charities who have you know, liability and indemnity and all this stuff to worry about it as far as where they have it and councils and... I don't know, I feel like the, a lot of the organizations that are spreading awareness about it are almost a little bit hamstrung by whatever bureaucracy needs to be attached to actually going out and cleaning up like to actually organize an event as a registered charity I can only imagine that you've probably got a lot more hoops to jump through and it just like for me it makes the problem it's sort of silly like it shouldn't be that hard for just a bunch of people who are pretty horrified at the state of things and want to clean up just to get together and go and do it because it doesn't like it doesn't take a lot and there's so we we need to do it at some point yeah so my question is is what do you think the what do you think the best way to move forward in terms of addressing i guess some of these more out of sight places like stockton as you say that mm. you know a massive majority of people will never go there would not 
be aware or conscious of the problem up there. Yeah. You know, and as you say, representative of so many different places around the country. Yeah, man. Like Cape York receives so much trash. Um, there's a place in Arnhem Land called Nullenboy, yeah. which is like proper wilderness. It's, I think, like 100 k's from the nearest civilization of the beaches that are just covered in shit. They're like the dirtiest beaches in the entire country. And most of it seems to be washing in from Indonesia. But yeah. there's all these places and it's like plastic's a global problem or like garbage is a global problem. Yeah. So there's no point in, in like saying, oh, you know, this is, we didn't even make this. Like, some, shouldn't someone else do it? Like, that seems to always be everyone's resignation is this is someone else's job. Yeah. And it's not someone else's job. It's everyone's job. And it's not hard. Yeah. And it's also, dude, super therapeutic. Like, it's a really, it's a magic thing because you, there's, no, there's zero questioning of, like, how you're spending your time or whether there's something that you could be doing that better, whether that's, like, more productive for personal or community gain. It's just like a nice, mindless, mindful type yeah. activity. Fuck. It's a, it's a really big challenge. Someone told me the other day, which is something that I found incredibly inspiring and fascinating, was that a couple, I don't know whether it was a couple they know personally or that they just heard, had saved for their entire wedding by picking up like recyclable cans and then going in and cashing the cans. Yeah, I read about that couple in Queensland. Yeah, yeah I think that might have, maybe it was on the news or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. It's weird. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, Queensland's just taken container deposit scheme just by the absolute horns. I think it's had real impact on their recycling. So why don't we have it here? Do we? I don't know. I haven't really looked into it that much. Um, I imagine it's probably like space and facilities yeah because that's why i can't remember who our i think it's gail sloan is the ceo of the waste management association of australia mm-hmm. and she made the point that it's like we don't even recycle here we sort that's all we do we don't have we like have so such minimal actual domestic recycling facilities that we put stuff in different bins but that's not recycling that's sorting and then yeah. As a country, we don't really have any infrastructure to actually do stuff with it, if, well, even if we could sort it. And even at, a, at an individual level, you're just hoping that, you know, it's sort of... Hoping that your neighbour didn't just fuck up your whole street's worth of bins for you by, like, putting inappropriate things in the wrong bins. Well, you, but you're even, like, you're sort of trusting a system that you don't necessarily have any contact with other than you put a bin with a coloured lid out and yep. then you take it back in the next day yeah you don't really see anything that happens with it. yeah and that's something i thought about a lot dude like i'd love to get to the bottom of that because the total conspiracy theorist in me doesn't think it would be that far of a cry to think that a large majority of it is probably just going in the ground somewhere yeah like i think once you get down the line of contractors and subcontractors and different places where you can dispose of different types of waste i don't know the country's so big like our biggest asset is this the amount of space we've got, but I feel that yeah. presents a huge opportunity to just, yeah, to just dig go, a big hole under a roof somewhere. Yeah, it wouldn't be hard to just go, yeah, look, there's a 300 kilometer square tract of land that's not being used for anything. Do you yep. want to dig a big hole in it and just dump your shit there? Yeah. And this, okay, this is something that I thought about the other night. So somewhat shamefully in the aftermath of the party, mm. um, <clears throat> we had a whole bunch of rubbish. Predominantly. What a party, by the way, I'll just say before you proceed. <laughs> Empty Thank pool you. with a DJ in it. It was, it was immense. Fun. Plus smoke machine and lasers. <laughs> yeah, did yourself, sir. Yes, thank you very much. 
But, you know, as is the case when you have a big party at your place, there was a lot of rubbish to clean up the next day. And we had some valuers coming around to our place like two days later. And we had all this... Like, <laughs> Did you organise the party when you knew that? No. Did you know that? Sorry, we no, no, the party. no, no, no. We only found out like in a few days. That's piss-weak timing. That's the worst. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. So not that it mattered. It wasn't like a, our property manager coming around to like assess what we were doing. Mm. But I think the owners of the property, because they're reconsidering... What are they going to do with it? Yeah, the, the people that own where I live are having a lot of trouble getting the original planning or whatever they had through. Yeah. And so now I think there's some people that are like sh- reconsidering trying to sell their investment there basically. Mm-hmm. So value came out and we were like, fuck, we've got to, you know, sort of sort the house out before these people come in. And so we had to, on Monday night, we did just like a late night rubbish drop um, in uh, at our uh, our time and industrial estate, like just doing a bit of bin dropping around there. Mm-hmm. And as we were doing it, we kind of, you know, we were sort of driving with no lights on around and like trying to... <laughs> you sussos. Yeah. But, but <laughs> Balaclavas like, on. But, you know, because we were going to like businesses' bins that we, I guess, didn't really have right to just go and yeah, dump yeah, yeah. a whole bunch of our shit in. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But we were sort of marvelling at the fact that you know, the, it's not, I mean, at a very base level, to put a piece of rubbish in a bin is like seen as a moral level above just leaving it on the ground, I guess. Yeah. And so, you know, regardless of the way, and obviously there are probably better ways we could have gone about this whole thing, but, <laughs> but to be putting rubbish in the bin in the first instance is like a sign of good faith. You're yeah. trying to do the right thing. Yeah. But we felt that we had to get away with it and couldn't let anyone see us. And it got me thinking that years down the track, when wastage becomes just like so abhorrent, yeah, like when shit starts really going pear-shaped, the act that we were doing, like, I feel like disposing of waste could very conceivably become like a black market activity. A full-on crime. A full-on thing where it's like, if you're if you're like producing any kind of waste, yeah, and like there'd be a black market and people would be like, "Have you got waste that you need to get rid of?" Like, I know, yeah, I like discreet disposal. Yeah, I've got connections to where yep. you feel like it will become this fully wow. like criminal. So, you know, so the act that we what we were doing, yeah, going to try and find bins. You're you're basically a crime pioneer, is what you're saying. Yeah, but like imagine a world where like it would be such a rare sight to see people rubbish. at a at a rubbish bin. Or yeah. like rubbish bins might not might cease to exist. Yeah. And so I I reckon about ninety years we'll get to we'll that. get to that stage. Where it's, I don't think you and I'll see it, but I reckon it'll come close. Far out, yeah. I mean Wouldn't that be just a crazy thing? It, well it is gonna be a crazy thing to explain to our children, like plastic is the new smoking. Packaging. Just packaging, it, exactly. Packaging is like smoking. Unnecessary packaging. Or like, yeah, I guess non-degradable yeah. packaging. Won't that, for, for like a future adolescent, won't that just be the most mind-melting thing to conceive of when we're like, it was shops just full of packaging. Like everything was packaged yeah, and, and like, we all did it. Like So you could go into the supermarket and get Either tomorrow's that were just sitting there in a in a basket, 
or you could go and get ones that were wrapped in a plastic container with a whole nother wrapper of plastic around it. Yeah. And you go, yeah, I always got those ones. Yeah. What? It's really scary because it's just, it's too convenient for the average Joe, I think. I think if we take like a human median of like, so for majority collective behavior to shift, I feel like saying no to delicious food that's chemically engineered towards your sugar cravings and your dietary addictions in a package sitting right in front of you when you're buying petrol, like that just, it's too evil genius. It just won't, I don't think it'll ever not be a thing. Shit. Um, yeah, I agree. It's too, I mean, it's just the, it's... You, you couldn't even script that, could you? Like, if someone told you to come up with a movie with, like, the most, you know, c crazy feedback loop narrative of how we're going to self-destruct... <laughs> Buying shit at a server? Yeah, basically. <laughs> replacing fish with plastic in the ocean. How mindless is being at the service station, though? Yeah. That act of like, when people buy that dollar caramello koala with their petrol, mm. like how much thought is given in, in the moment of deciding you want it, purchasing it, eating it, and then disposing of the, of the packet that it came in? Like next to who, none. Who the fuck ever remembers a caramello koala they ate at a petrol station? No one ever needed it. I can't think of a specific one, but it's definitely something I probably did a lot of when I was on my P's and just like learning the ropes of the petrol station and then <laughs> finding it really hard to decline <laughs> these crazy delicious offers at the counter. But it's like, it's, it's... But it's over in 10 seconds. You're unwrapping it out the door. It's, it's in done. the petrol station bin. It's in your mouth before you turn the car on. Yeah, exactly. And then... It's a mouthful. You pretty exactly. So what? They don't need to come in packets then. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I reckon nine, 90 percent of them would be finished by the time the cars left the the perimeter of the service yeah. station. Yeah, <laughs> they're um. But so the alter what's the alternative? Is having bulk caramello koalas with no wrappers yeah. in like one of those big confectionery style dispensary wall units? You know those things that are in bulk food stores and stuff that have like. They're basically columns on the wall of different food and yeah. they're all handed down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be something like that. Yeah, or just sit them in a bowl. No, Australians <laughs> like are too, way too much hypochondria around our general sanitation for that, I think. So do you think that's where part of this problem... Well, I mean... Or how, sorry, of course some of it does, but how much of the problem comes from the fact that people just think that if a food item doesn't have a plastic wrapper around it, it'll kill you? Mm. Heaps, man. Same people that think best before means used by. Not the same thing. Yeah. How liberal are you with best before? Ones? Dude, I, I treat a used by sort of like a best before. <laughs> <laughs> the best before is you've got a week. Yeah, right. Basically. Okay. Good For me. Know. Yeah. I'm, I'm testing the boundaries on a vegan mayonnaise that's got a best before on it at the moment. Oh, nice one. And what was the best before? Currently four days ago. Yeah, yeah. No, but that'd be sweet, I reckon. Still in the fridge. Sealed and stuff. Yeah. Generally speaking. In a glass jar. Made preservatives these days. It'd be sweet. Well, this is, a, this is another, one, like, another wonderful thing that I've discovered since I've stopped eating meat. Mm. Is that I don't really wig out about any food that I eat now. Fully. It's hard to get food poisoning. Yeah. Yeah. I'll like, you know, I'll see a carrot that's been in the fridge for like two weeks and just be like, oh, 
It's not brown. Yeah, it's a bit wobbly, but if I just cook this, yep. it'll be fine. Yep. It's not like, I'm not expecting it. It would have to be seriously... Like mouldy, black. Yeah. You know, it's not, there's no, there doesn't seem to be a middle ground. It's, that's a bit like, oh, probably shouldn't fuck with this. <laughs> if a veggie's gone, you know it's gone. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like you can see it and you just go, okay, I had my time. Have you, have you heard of a swag bag? Did I tell you about swag bags? No. I've given cool. one recently. It's, okay. it's basically like a cloth sort of pillowcase type thing. Yep. And it's made of multiple layers of differently woven cotton. And the idea is you put this thing under your tap, like soak it in water, squeeze it out so the whole thing's just damp. Mm. Put your fresh fruit and veggies directly in there with no plastic, no glad wrap, no nothing. And then just fold it up and leave it in the fridge. And the way that these cotton fab, like the fabrics work is I think it just hydrate, keeps your fresh produce dry, but hydrated in some weird balance. Yeah. I think it's doing the equivalent of like some supermarkets where they have the little the mist. Spray. Yeah, the little spray. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's doing like the fridge version of that. Okay. But it gives you like, literally, it's completely transformed my, like the way, everything, not just how I eat, but how I shop now, because stuff lasts for two weeks longer. Like yeah. you can buy some herbs and not worry that, fuck, I'm only going to use like a fifth of these for this one meal that I want them for in this recipe. Yeah. And then I know it's just going to go off in my fridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been in that position before. Yeah, we all have. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't happen anymore. This, right. These swag bags, they're just... It's insane. I'm really infatuated by it because it doesn't have any electronics. And it's really, I feel like that's the novelty of this thing. It's yeah. really rare to get like a fun new toy that doesn't have a fucking battery or a PowerPoint in it. Yeah. Fully. Yeah. That's insane. Anyway, I'll send you a link to that because they're really... Yeah, it sounds great. I, I want to go and get one now. Yeah. It's interesting that happened that you're... So previous to that, when you were on a meat diet, would you have just like... What would you have done with the carrot that was starting to get on, but it's definitely still with edible? With the carrot? Yeah. Mm, good question. I don't know. I, I would say that I probably would have been more inclined to throw it out earlier in the cycle. Like, because, I guess... I would have, it would have been more prominent on my mind, I guess, possibilities of food poisoning and that kind of stuff with older foods, yeah. you know, food that had been in the fridge for three days or something. Yeah. You know, say there was a piece of chicken that we cooked like, that we had for dinner three nights ago and there's a little bit of leftovers still in a container in the fridge. Three nights, that's pretty much like, on that fourth day, you, you're really taking a gamble. Yeah. And that's what I mean. And You're like, throwing your health up into the air. Yeah. And so like I would have adopted, I guess, a similar, more similar mentality. Oh, right. But like that would have translated across to just all food. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, mum always said, don't eat the chicken on the third day. So I don't know if I can, <laughs> that looks dicey. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then that's just your blanket perception of all foods without yeah. actually distinguishing like, yeah. yeah, plants and meat. Whereas now it's like, and I think obviously moving out of home <laughs> makes you really give everything as many as much as they got. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you're like, God, I can't be asked to go into the supermarket like, oh yeah, it's gonna have to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That potato or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So that's probably where I'm at with it. I yeah. Reckon. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. <laughs> Anyway, bar, you got any more words you need to show you? Uh, let me check because I feel like I did, but I forgot. <laughs> I know, it doesn't sound like me. No, nah, it doesn't sound like me. Here we are. Oh.
Um, no other resting times. Um, any other brush brush ins with the law? Uh, I mean, I've had I've had a few that I I'll, tell, I'll talk to you about when I have a microphone on my yeah. collar, but nothing nothing major. Yeah. They're all fairly like modest and frivolous. Yeah. In fact, they're exclusively frivolous. I've been fined for not having lights and brakes on my bike before. You can get bicycle fines. Bicycle fines? Yep. Are there bicycle demerits? Um, well, this is what confuses me. It's like, no, they just, they fine you as a citizen from an address. But he got my address because he's like, give me a license. And then what if I said, I don't have a license? Okay, That's what's your address? One, two, three, fake street. What are we doing here? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you going to take my bike license or do I even have one or what's, yeah. can I just ride off or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeez, who, a, a, an actual police officer find you? Yeah, yeah. For what? Oh, for not it was a highway bike. patrol officer on a motorcycle. Um, I was riding to work on a public holiday and I knew I didn't have lights, which is why I was on the footpath. And he pulled over to tell me off for not being on the footpath, booked me for having lights. And then I was sort of, modestly protesting and he said well, i'm going to write you up for your brakes as well and if you want me to keep going front reflector back reflector seat reflector like bob i just 60 bucks 60 bucks 60 bucks you want me to keep going mate bob it's all at 5 30 in the morning and i was like fuck no <laughs> okay i get it but also what are, we, are, we are we protecting or serving right now man what's going <laughs> on like? jesus yeah it was a very frustrating experience mate that bloke um, uh, must have had a dicey day. I'm guessing. Maybe dicey a dicey night. night. I'm giving him the benefit that he did a night shift and it was shit. Yeah. But, you know, it's a chicken or an egg situation. Does a bad person have a bad experience because they're bad or because of the experiences? Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting one. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Consciousness, unprovable by scientific standards, is forever then the impossible phantom in the predictable biologic machine and your every thought a genuine supernatural event. I read that and made me feel good. I wow. can't share it with you. That's, that's pretty profound. I enjoyed it. So what are they getting at there? That consciousness is an indeterminable. Uh, yeah, that like... I think, I don't know, it's all about presence and just like what's happening right now is infinite or could be infinite and you'll never know. So what you see is all there is type thing. I, I really like that. It's such a simple way to think of life. It's like a really calming way to think of life. Yeah, absolutely. Saying like wherever you are right now is the correct time, like yeah. in the correct place to be. But it's, the, but it's the only place you can be. Yeah. Yep. You're there. And that's why. That's it. It's such a circular that's thing. That's you. Yeah. That's you. You got you. Yeah. So do, you know. Yeah. Fuck. Anyway, that's about it. I think I had something deeper in there that I'm not really willing to scroll through the nonsense for. So. Sure. Mate, that's a really deep, you know. There we go. We reached the bottom of the ocean this episode. Right. I was wondering when we were going to hit, whether it was going to be me hypocritically bad-mouthing people and banged up abroad. No, you've or... done that. <laughs> Thinking about how we're going to drown in plastic. All right, we're done. Okay, yeah, that's it. <laughs> we out. Pleasure.